Covering tactics, techniques, news, technology, and concepts related to emergency and civil defense communications in support of the American Redoubt Radio Operators Network and communications in austere environments in general. Grid up or grid down, this is Partisan Radio. Welcome to Volume 43. We are currently at AMCON 4 and will remain at AMCON 4, at least through the inauguration of President-elect Trump. We will continue to monitor the situation as uh, certain groups, individuals call for civil unrest in the larger cities. We also are keeping a very close eye on the storm in Northern California, always ready to serve. There are folks without power, but there are no major catastrophic uh, infrastructure type problems to report at this time. Again, we will continue to monitor. This is the first volume of Partisan Radio for 2017, and we have a lot of information that we are looking forward to covering, a lot of training that we're going to be doing here. So continue to tune in. I want to cover some foundational information today. Particularly, I would like to visit our mission statement for AMRON, the American Redoubt Radio Operators Network. As we continue to grow rapidly, we want to make sure that we understand what our mission is, who we are, what we stand for, and why we are doing what we're doing. But first, let's cover a couple of items here in amateur radio and emergency communications news from qrznow.com, FEMA Region 10. That covers Alaska, Idaho, Oregon, and Washington. We'll be conducting interoperability communications exercises, or COMEX, during 2017 on the third Wednesday of each month. That's going to take place between 1500 and 2100 Zulu time, which is the times that we uh, normally all re- always refer to is Zulu time. Get used to that. Add an additional clock to your computer and an additional clock to the area where you conduct your communications because when you hear times, almost always, unless they're just a local net, they will be listed in Zulu time. Now, this is a great learning opportunity for anyone interested in emergency communications. The FEMA Region 10 regular weekly training exercise is a great opportunity for you to practice with your gear during a real-world emergency situation. The Federal Emergency Management Agency and your state-level emergency disaster response communications teams will be taking to the airwaves. And that will be a great resource to help you and your community stay informed on the latest developments, places to go for help, shelters, relief updates, and so on. So tune in and listen. The intent of the communications exercise, the initial exercise, by the way, will take place on January 18th. That's coming up in just uh, about a week. The intent of the COMEX is to test and exercise interoperable communications 
between uh, federal, state, local, tribal, and amateur radio operators during a major disaster where communications infrastructure would be significantly damaged or destroyed. FEMA Region 10 said in announcing the exercises that they will use the call sign WGY-9010, WGY-910. Others that may participate in the exercise include but are not limited to other FEMA stations, SHARES stations, Air Force and Army Mars stations, and all stations are encouraged to participate. The COMEX will use the five 60-meter channels. And most of you already have those programmed by default in your HF rigs. You can do an internet search. Well, these are listed here. And those should be, I don't know if those are in the SOI, if those are going to be going in the updated SOI. We're going to be adding some additional resources, including the five 60-meter channels, which are in the HF band around 5.3 megahertz. And there are five of them. They're not designated as frequencies, but rather channels. The government has primary usage of those. uh, And also, uh, amateur radio operators may use those five channels as a secondary user. Uh, The area of operation is the continental U.S. And uh, we're going to be tuning into that. It's going to be good training. Good place to go as a resource in a real-world emergency. And if you're not a ham operator or any type of HF operator, uh, and you have a shortwave radio, you'll still be able to tune in. We'll talk about other ways that you can tune in to HF in grid-up situations. Uh, Something I'm going to be uh, referring to in the future, I was going to today, but I decided to hold off and push it back to next week, and that was jamming and overcoming countermeasures for jamming. But I'm going to push that back. Because this week I wanted to talk about our mission statement. But I do have something here from Appendix D of my FM 6-02.53. That's the Tactical Radio Operations Field Manual. Out of Appendix D, this is appropriate because we are in wintertime. We have 49 of the 50 states, 48 of the states have snow. Actually, 49 because Hawaii has snow. But we're going to talk about winterization. This is from Appendix D, 13, out of the FM 6-02.53. Check the TMs in the military. That's training manuals. So in your case, it would be the owner's manuals for your equipment. Check the TMs for the radio set and power sources to see if there are special precautions for operating in extremely cold climates. For example... Normal lubricants may solidify and permit damage or malfunctions to the radio equipment. They must be replaced with the recommended Arctic lubricants. A light coat of silicone compound on antenna mast connections helps to keep them from freezing together and becoming hard to dismantle. That's from the winterization portion of the FM 6-02.53. More on that manual next week. There's some communications resources I wanted to put out to you. One is particularly uh, important for those of you with any type of radio, whether or not you're a ham radio operator. Everyone has or should have an AM FM radio receiver in your home, in your car. Well, if you want to find out what radio stations, develop, print out a list of the radio stations that are listed 
in your area or an area that you would be traveling to, there's a resource here called radio-locator.com or radio-locator.com. We will put this link in the highlights and resources posting for volume 43 for you to go to, or you can just look it up on your own, radiolocator.com with a hyphen between radio and locator. Uh, It's a pretty great tool. You just punch in your zip code of the area that you're interested in. The state is optional that you can, there's a, a window for you to put in the state, but the zip code will do. And then you look for the stations There's several little bubbles that you can click on to narrow your search or broaden your search, AM only, FM only, or AM and FM. It also lets you look for low power FM stations, FM translators, FM booster stations, construction permits, and licensed stations. And there's a category for unlicensed stations. Okay, choose a reception range. So you can uh, narrow that down as well. Good resources. I got a list. And here's another thing too. The translators are kind of an important thing to know about in your area. You may have uh, lightning or wind or fire damage on the antenna up on the mountain, but the radio station is still transmitting to the translator from the station. If you know that frequency, you can tune into that and get information from the station even though their normal operating frequency is down because the antenna is damaged. So uh, this could be uh, valuable information for you. Another great tool is dxmaps.com. This is a good tool to give you a a really good real-time picture of propagation based on uh, real-time QSO and shortwave listening reports. It's refreshed every minute, and you can change that and customize that to look uh, at each band individual, individually in HF, VHF, UHF across the board there. And it will show you a propagation map to let you know what you might be able to expect to hear from if you're trying to tune in. Now, let's talk about some Amron operations uh, just very briefly. If you would like to be a net control operator, we are looking for net control stations, especially for the HF nets. Uh, we are looking for net control operators. We have a information packet to help you get operational and all the tools that you need to become a net control operator. You have lots of support and a great network of very, very helpful people that will come alongside of you to help do what you need to do to get on the air as a net control operator. Now, the general principle here is among the Amron operators, if you are not a normal normally scheduled net control operator, uh, you can still take the net control operations if there is not a net control operator taking the nets when there should be a net. All Amron operators are encouraged to step up and act as net control until the normal net control operator shows up or uh, they are properly, properly relieved by another Amron operator, which is willing to step into that role during the normally scheduled Amron nets. Uh, We've got new nets popping up, uh, Florida, Arizona, Ohio, uh, several others. We're going to compile a list of that and our net reports. We're going to start doing those again as well. I need to get with codename Delta 10 for those updates. Don't forget, we've got nets that will be underway. We're in between nets. Last week, we had our, our Amron National Nets. And next week, we'll be 
picking up with those nets on the first and third Wednesday and Thursday of each month. If you're not able to transmit or if you're listening on shortwave radio, you can still check in by clicking on the net check-in button at amron.com on the right-hand side and let us know that you were out there. This is really helpful for our net control operators and is encouraging to them to know that their message is getting out. Now, before we get to the mission statement of Amron, I want to share a story with you from history, which I like to do often. And if any of you have resources that you think would be helpful to share historical articles where communications, amateur radio operators, radio operators in general, rose to the task when their country or their communities were challenged by disaster or war, pass them on. And uh, thank you to all of you who've passed on resources to me, and I'm compiling those, and we'll be talking about that as we go. There's an article here at BBC called World War II, People's War, an archive of World War II memories written by the public and gathered by the BBC. In this particular article, it's about a gentleman's firsthand experience living in France, in Normandy, to be specific, during the D-Day invasion and living under Nazi occupation. But there's a portion here that jumped out at me and I wanted to share with you. We'll link to this article that you can go and read the whole thing for yourself. It's fascinating and I recommend it. But he says, we didn't have a radio transmitter, but our leader of the resist- in the resistance, their local leader, was in touch with the radio operator. And we got vital messages back from Britain through the BBC's radio broadcasts. The news was read in French three times per day. And the newsreader would always stop and say, in French, and here are some personal messages. At first, we thought these messages were from free French in Britain trying to contact their families. But we soon found out that they were coded messages to the resistance. Our radio operator was an amateur, and we were never sure that our messages had reached Britain until we heard the coded messages on the BBC. We always sent our messages under an assumed name, and this name would be mentioned under the personal messages in the BBC broadcast. One of my friends from Bayou once sent a message signed as Alain Cartier, the 16th century poet who wrote La Bella Dame Sans Merci. Two nights later, the BBC mentioned the poet, Alain Cartier from Bayou. When I told my friend about it, he said it had been an awful mistake to include the word Bayou in the message. Indeed, soon afterward, a German van with radio detection equipment was seen around Bayou. At that time, using triangulation, they could pinpoint the exact location of a radio transmission within 10 minutes. So my friends had to be very careful after that. We knew that the Germans could find the transmitter after 10 minutes of broadcast. So radio operators were always told to keep their transmissions to a maximum of nine minutes. But sometimes the ones who had been going for quite a long time would become overconfident and transmit for longer. And that's when they would get caught. The radio operator who worked for us often moved locations for his transmissions. In summer, when the corn was high, he would sometimes hide in a field while transmitting. Of course, the Germans knew that the BBC was transmitting coded messages, so they ordered everyone to hand in their radio sets. Many people hid their sets around the house, 
but for resistance members, this was too risky. I had a crystal set that was so small I could hide it in a bean can with dried beans on top. I kept my headphones in a trunk in the attic. I knew about the Heinz 57 varieties, and I called this my Heinz Beans 58 variety. When my friends needed me to listen out for a coded message, they would say, use the 58 variety. Interesting portion of that story that I thought I would share with you. Hopefully you can glean some things there, but remember, times have changed. For them, it was 10 minutes before they could be pinpointed. Today, with the right electronic warfare equipment, they can pinpoint a radio signal nearly immediately as soon as you key up. So there are some techniques that a radio operator may want to consider in today's environment. We'll talk about that in upcoming episodes of Partisan Radio. Now let's talk about this week's main topic, and that is the AMRON mission statement. I'm going to go into it in depth, kind of expounded version of that, which I've shared with the AMRON core. Now I'm going to share it with you. The mission statement reads, We are committed to maintaining a continental network of radio operators for disaster response and civil defense, always ready to serve our communities, our states, our nation, and our fellow countrymen with unconventional communications in times of need. It's very simple, but I want to expand on that. I've got an itemized list, seven items that I'd like to go into. Number one, all patriot-minded radio operators are welcome and encouraged to train, participate, and contribute for the purposes of disaster response and civil defense. When it is within an AMRON operator's ability, he or she should always selflessly contribute to the preservation and protection of life, liberty, and property. Number two, proficiency is encouraged with all forms of communications, including licensed amateur radio, licensed free radios, and any other type of communications method. Number three, all citizens are sensors, eyes and ears, during a disaster. The network exists not only for you to stay informed yourself, but for you to inform others as well, sharing important information about developments and aiding in everyone's overall situational awareness. Number four, AMRON operators are willing to render communications assistance where it is needed and wanted and avoid interfering where it is not. Number five, AMRON operators should always be willing and capable of supporting leaders in their communities who may not have communications capabilities and may include clergy, community leaders, elected officials, and other patriot-minded organizations and individuals. Number six, AMRON members should be self-reliant, ready, and skilled to provide communications in most any environment under austere conditions with little or no outside support for indefinite periods of time, especially when there is no commercial power or communications infrastructure. Number seven, AMRON operators are committed to supporting and advancing traditional American values, our heritage, liberty, Christian charity, lawfulness, and helping our fellow countrymen in times of crisis, and never supporting those whose objectives are in conflict with those values and ideals. That's a summary. Well, that summarizes the expounded mission statement. Hopefully that adds some clarification. And we always want to know where we stand, what we stand for, and why we are doing what we're doing. This is the section where I had the radio jamming and steps to overcome it, but 
as I mentioned earlier, I'm going to be covering that next week. And that is out of our uh, field manual. Something I do want to share with you before we close is grid up security and communications uh, resources. There's a great article that I came across. It's in reference to the Signal Secure Texting Phone Call and File Sharing app, Signal. Uh, We're going to post this article. We'll link it in the highlights and resources posting, but I think we'll also uh, do a partial post and then link out from Amron.com because many of you, and I strongly recommend, use Signal. It is a encrypted phone call and chat text messaging and file sharing app uh, that is very powerful. It is uh, recommended by Edward Snowden, and uh, I use it myself, and I know uh, more and more people are using it. It's very powerful, but there's some things that you need to know about. And he talks about this, these steps that are covered at length in order of importance. Uh, If you wish to jump ahead to a specific section, you can click on the appropriate link. He's got that in here. Okay, number one. And I'll talk about these just briefly, but I want you to read the article in full. First is locking down your phone. Uh, Secondly, hide your signal messages on your lock screen. Next, verify that you're talking to the right person, either via phone or text. And archive and delete your messages. Now, locking down your phone. Signal uses strong end-to-end encryption, which, when properly used, ensures that no one involved in facilitating your conversation can see what you're saying. Not the makers of Signal, not your cell phone or broadband provider, and not the NSA or any other spy agency that collects internet traffic in bulk. But Signal's encryption scheme can't stop someone from picking up your phone and opening the app to read through your conversations. You have to take additional precautions. If you're using an Android... Set up a screen lock, that which requires you to either draw a pattern, type numeric PIN, or type a password to unlock your phone. And there's instructions on how to do that. Encrypt your phone's storage. A screen lock is not much use if a thief can copy your phone's data to a different device. Encrypting the flash memory of your phone blocks such an attack by scrambling your data so it can only be unlocked using the same pattern, PIN, or password. Next, install all updates promptly. If you're using an iPhone, set a strong passcode. There is, on on the iPhones, uh, the last, according to my research, my most recent research, there is not a way to set a separate password on your Signal app like there is on Androids. The encryption for your phone encrypts everything. So there's not an individual encryption capability for specific applications on your phone. So set a strong passcode. And then secondly, for iPhone users, install the updates promptly. As my parting shot here, I wanted to remind you of a couple of resources I've mentioned before, and they should be in your inventory. They're free to download. The IARU Emergency Telecommunications Guide The latest revision that I'm aware of is January 1 of 2015. We have that posted on Amron.com. Just type in IARU, Emergency Telecommunications Guide, or follow the link. And you can, uh, in the Highlights of Resources posting for this volume, and download the PDF. I recommend printing it out. Uh, The other one is the FM 6-02.53. That's the 
field manual for tactical radio operations. A lot of information that may not be helpful to you because it is a specific radio model specific uh, that uh, radios that you do not have or will not ever get your hands on. But there is a lot of great information in there about tactical radio operations, pro words, techniques, and uh, some great information about field antennas, modifications, and even field expedient antennas and repairs. So lots of great information. Those are free PDFs you should be able to have have downloaded in your uh, in your inventory there in a folder that you create specifically for MCOMs, emergency communications. That concludes volume 43 of Partisan Radio. I'm John Jacob Schmidt, 73. As ready trained communicators, right up to the present time, radio hams have been busy every single minute. The ever-increasing group of radio amateurs who have equipped themselves at their own expense with two-way radio sets by amateurs who saw their opportunity to render a public service and paid off for Americans in trouble.